And so when I came back to the United States, I was I was teaching. I told the students this story, and I said, you know, when you go to the grocery store, simple things like putting the cart in its spot makes a difference for people who work at the store. Don't don't put that cart in the middle of the parking lot. I mean, that's just such a little simple thing for little children to know. But tell your parents, work with your parents, because this woman has lived through hell. Hi, and welcome to Podcaster Stories. Each episode, we'll have a conversation with podcasters from across the globe and share their story, what motivates them, why they started a show, how they grew the show, and more. We'll also talk about their personal lives and some of the things that have happened or made them the person they are today. And now here's your host, Danny Brown. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Podcaster Stories, where we get to meet the people behind the voices of the shows we listen to. This week, I have Catherine Praisewater, who's the host of Your Positive Imprint, a show highlighting people around the world whose positive achievements are inspiring positive actions. Catherine, welcome to the show. Um, How about you tell us about, about yourself and your podcast? Well, hello, Danny. Thank you so much for having me on. This is exciting. Uh, Usually I'm on the other end, right? So uh, I'm Catherine, yes, and I live in New Mexico. And we travel, well, we, before COVID, we travel quite a bit. And we're hikers and bikers and we love Hawaii, hence my little Hawaiian uh, uh, jewelry that I have on. But I do have a podcast, Your Positive Imprint, and there's so many different reasons as to why I wanted to do this type of podcast. And I'm going to share one of those stories with you that my listeners haven't heard yet. But my podcast, as you said, is taking or finding people around the world whose positive actions are inspiring positive achievements. So it is not a single topic. It's a variety show. And I absolutely love the variety show, as is yours. You have all of these different people on your show, and and I do too. And so their stories are all different, and their inspirations are different. And But what is in common is that they are completely putting out these positive imprints here for humanity for generations to come and even beyond. And as we know, everything we say and do is going to be part of humanity in some way. And so we want to be sure that it's a positive and inspiring piece that we leave. And it's people aren't just doing this to leave behind. They're doing it to make a difference right now. So, And I started the podcast when I was in between jobs, literally. So... And a fellow came to the door. He was a solicitor. He doesn't like to be called a solicitor. Now we're (laughs) friends. But he was a solicitor for a financial group. And he heard my voice and said, oh, my gosh, you should be on a podcast. You should have your own podcast show. You have a great voice. And so I started looking into that and thought, well, you know what? That sounds like a pretty good idea. And then I started looking at a topic, and this is what I wanted to do because I want to showcase, and I don't think showcase is the right word, but I want to feature people whose stories aren't being heard and whose inspirations aren't being seen except for within their community. And I want to share those because I think it's important for people to, number one, be able to identify their own positive imprint. And it's hard for people. And my tagline is, what's your PI? And it's 
very hard for people to say and to identify their own and to say, yeah, I am doing good. But there is a lot of good in the world, and I want to identify it and bring it to listeners so that listeners do know that there's fabulous, great people out there, there's activities to get involved in, and so on. Anyway, Mm. that's my long answer. So there. (laughs) No, that's that's cool. And you mentioned that it came about while you were between jobs. So did did either of the jobs have any impact on the topic of the show and how you approach that? Like, were you finding inspiring stories uh, beforehand or was this completely different from what the the jobs were? Completely different. I am a literacy specialist and a teacher. So I was looking to do something, uh, I don't know, something not different because I didn't know what I wanted uh, in between jobs. But I was with the Department of Education, and they had me traveling almost four hours a day, just one way. So that's eight hours, and I would have to live somewhere else and be apart from the family, and I didn't want to do that. So I needed to look into something else. And then what happened is my dad uh, left us. He he died at Christmas 2017. And it was so sudden. Nobody was expecting it. And right after Christmas dinner, and he just collapsed in the house and he was gone. And so I had been thinking about the podcast and dad had been there through the process and we'd all been trying to think of a name. And so I wanted to, after that incident, I wanted to continue on with my vision of doing this. So yeah. So Mm. it was kind of different events that kind of occurred in... Uh, this chronological order of the job and then the solicitor and then dad. Yeah, and you'd mentioned, obviously, it was very sudden with your dad's passing, like what was completely out of the blue and unexpected. With him being such um, a huge part of the conception, if you like, and the, the, the idea behind what the direction, was it hard to, to get back into the saddle um, when you were ready to launch, you know, the following year? <laughs> how, how did that come about? What was that process oh, like? Oh, my. It it was hard. So the the process was actually it had to cut. You know, it was in my head, and I was grieving, and I just didn't want to do the. I didn't want to do anything. I was just so distraught over this. And it was actually when I went to do a tribute for my dad's birthday, which is May second, and I I'm a dancer, so I chose a piece of music uh, by Chris Knoll, and a beautiful piece. And I did this tribute to Dad, and the music, as I was listening to all the different music pieces that Chris does, I started becoming more more inspired to, oh my gosh, I have to do this podcast. So it was after I did that tribute, and after listening to Chris's music over and over and over again, and it's pianist, he's a pianist, and getting... Uh, that inspiration. Then I started diving back into the podcast. And then I started looking for people around the world to help me. And it was actually one of your friends, Mark Asquith, who reached out to me when he saw that I was looking for, hey, I need some help. I have no idea what to do. And then that relationship, and Mark is over in England, that relationship helped me to build what I needed and what I needed to know about the podcast so oh, that's cool like Mark's yeah he's like a, a force of nature when it comes to podcasts and it's, it's crazy how much he wants to help people and that's 
your story just enforces that. It's really cool. Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. And there were other people too, lots of people. Uh, but as far as as the the website and the know how Mark was there, so that was that was helpful. And then uh, James from Mark's uh, group also. I don't know if you knew him. I think it was James Marriott. I think was his last name. So yeah, so there's been some really good people around the world who have helped me get the show uh, moving. And then mm. the listeners have been phenomenal, absolutely wonderful and beautiful emails that they send. I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and that's, I think that's one of the, 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 the most rewarding things of podcasting. Yeah, we can always look for downloads and et cetera on your analytics, but it's that knowing that you've connected with someone and you, obviously your your podcast is about, you know, people that are making a positive impact. So, and clearly you're making a positive impact yourself because of the feedback that you're getting and the, the stories that are being shared with you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And there is, you, you know, you're over in Canada, there is a, a listener in Canada who she never forgets about my dad. And so I received a beautiful, beautiful uh, condolence card. Even, you know, it had been two years, but I'd started the podcast and she knew the story and she sent such a, a lovely uh, little email and and a card, which was really nice. And then she remembered him on his birthday. I just think that that's so special. You just mentioned these things on the podcast and people just remember. And that's that's really awfully sweet. No, I know your podcast, it, it shares, as you mentioned, incredibly inspiring stories. And just looking, and, and they're obviously, they're, they're very varied. There's not one single topic or driving theme. Well, there's a driving theme, obviously, the, the positivity. Right. They share different topics. I mean, you've you've spoken to people that have had death threats because they've been fighting for children's rights, uh, families that have had to deal with suicide, survivors of the Chernobyl tragedy, which I find incredible, um, yes. you know, when I was listening to it. Uh, and inspiration, you mentioned yourself, you're a dancer, and one of them was about how someone is inspired through the, you know, the act of dancing. So how do you go about finding guests? And, and is it a process for what kind of stories to share? Oh, I love that you asked this question because finding guests is one of the most exciting parts of this. And I I actually find them off of the internet. I don't know most of these people. I mean, some of them I do know, yes. and But most of them I don't. And so, for instance, uh, I was so inspired by these uh, pictures that... Uh, Espen Litzo, who was a guest, he's from Norway, and he was putting these beautiful pictures of the outdoors on his Instagram account. But I was what he wrote about the pictures really caught me. And it was inspiring words, not just, oh hey, here's a picture of the waterfalls we hike to, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, that type thing. It was these waterfalls or or uh, not waterfalls, but the fjords or whatever it might be the lakes he was at, he would say, please get outdoors and enjoy the outdoors. Uh, help with your, he's a nurse, help with your, your stress. See what's available just in your front yard and take it all in and reflect. And I was just really inspired and taken in by all that. So I contacted him and we started a, a communication and a relationship and, and I had him on the show and he was amazing. And I'm still getting people who love his his the episode that he was featured on, and then his girlfriend Kina was also on. So that's one way. And other ways are listeners send me, "Oh my gosh, I met this person," or "Oh my gosh, I just saw this person 
uh, on Facebook or I saw them on TV, please try to have them on the show. And so I will. I will try to do that. And others I might meet at a podcast uh, conference and they have stories to tell. Or I just Google <laughs> uh, interesting people of Africa and all these names come up. And so I'll start researching and then calling. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's so much fun to meet these people. It, it is. And I wish that, that I know the world is small, but I wish it were smaller so we could just see each other, uh, instead of, you know, on the screen. Mm. So that is a remarkable part of what I do. And I, I love it. I love it so much. And, uh, yeah. That, that's cool to hear because I know a lot of people don't like the research part of you know, the podcast and when they've got guests coming up. But I, I like yourself. I like to sort of find out more about the person I'm going to be speaking with. Um, but do you ever find uh, that you disappear down a rabbit hole? It's almost like the YouTube. You watch one video and five hours later you're watching the, the 100th video related to that person or topic. Do you ever find yourself disappearing down guest rabbit holes, for example? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> all the time. And But that's that, that can be fun in itself, because you're you're uh, grabbing a story and you're grappling with, you know, should I or shouldn't I contact this person? Because sometimes they're they're bigger than what you know you are maybe able to to tackle or maybe you think. Uh, there was one uh, Father Ray Kelly. He's in Ireland, and I was in Idaho. This is such a fun story. I was in Idaho where my sister lives, which is in United States. Well, for you, you would know that, but <laughs> in, in the United States. And uh, her, one of our friends sent me a video of Father Ray Kelly singing the Hallelujah song at a wedding. And I thought it was so fabulous. And my sister and I were up till about two o'clock in the morning, as you said, down that rabbit hole, looking up everything <laughs> about Father Ray Kelly and every video. And we're just, oh my gosh, this guy is incredible. And so the next day we shared the videos with my mother. And my mother said, Catherine, you should contact Father Ray. Uh, yeah, right, Mom. And she says, Catherine, just contact him. And so I contacted him and he said, yes, I'd love to be on the podcast. And I had him on the show. We did a two episode because he was also on Britain's Got Talent. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And recently he was on uh, Dancing with the Stars out in uh, Ireland. And I had such a good time with him. And now we have this beautiful relationship where we're able to contact each other and say hello and, and you know, hear about what each other you know, what we're doing and what our families are doing. So it was exciting. And I, I was just, uh, yeah, just one of those exciting times when mom says, just do it. You know, and his YouTube had 65 million views. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. That's, that's a, a viral sensation right there. It is. And it's a beautiful song as well. Too. So to hear, you know, someone of the faith singing that song, that must have been a, a, you know, a real connection for him to do that. Yes, it, it it was wonderful. So there's just amazing, wonderful people, and uh, I I can remember, or I it's not even, it hasn't even been that long, but I can give you a quote from each and every person because it, it's not just a a job right. I have them on the show and have a recorded conversation. I learn from them, and I am inspired from them, and and they do have wonderful quotes. 
And that ties into my next question perfectly. So thank you for that. It's like a professional interview. <laughs> so obviously you've got a, a very variety, uh, varied show uh, with different guests and amazing stories. Has it been, this might be something that you don't answer, <laughs> but has there been any that have stood out particularly for you, either because of a, a deep connection with your own uh, experiences or because of the story that was being shared? And, and if so, why that episode or these episodes in particular? Oh, you know, each week the episode is like, oh my gosh, this is the best episode ever. And then the next week, oh my gosh, this is the best episode <laughs> ever. So no, not anyone at all, because they, the stories are so interesting and the people are so interesting. So there's not been anyone that's been a, a favorite at all, or one that's been more inspiring than the next. Uh, they all have been equally fabulous, but I think what is different than some of the others is a continued relationship. So continued communication with some of the guests is ongoing, and that is what is much more special for me, is that friendship. And so I can talk to people that I've had on the show several times a week or several times a month. And some, they don't contact me at all anymore, and that's fine. And so I think that is what makes the difference for me, is the continued connection. Mm. And speaking of that, I mean, obviously you mentioned that every episode you could pull out a quote from every single episode that you've done. So what are some of the things that you've taken from guests and how is that implemented or being implemented in your own life then? Oh, I think that it makes me a better person every day because I feel that what I'm bringing to the world, such positivity and also struggles, and it's showing me the human side because a lot of these people do some of the things that I do or used to do or still am doing, but never feel like, oh, I don't know if I'm really making a difference because we all feel that way. And I feel that way even, you know, some days, oh, is the podcast making a difference? And so when I have a guest on, sometimes their story hits home a little bit more. And then I realize, yeah, you know what? This is validating the work I did maybe in the 1980s. Or it validates work I'm doing today or validates what I'm thinking about doing tomorrow. So, yes, there are some that definitely, what they say will definitely hit a little harder than others. And one of them, Kahika Shah, who I just had on recently, she had death threats. And she's not doing anything that would that you would consider someone to cause a death threat. You know, she's wanting to save the environment. She's wanting to uh, have social justice. And a, a death threat is just not something that I would even think about that any of these people on my shows would have to to uh, grapple with or or I just I'm, I was shocked by that and she's only 20 years old so that was hit me pretty profoundly um, so and then there's people like Mary Shields who is the first woman to 
have entered the Iditarod and completed the Iditarod. She didn't win, but she completed it. And she opened the door for female athletes in all sorts of male uh, dominated sports, such as even track and so on. And she was, this was 1974. So the, um, it's just anything that these people say or do is incredible because you can take to heart and you can take uh, also logically and move forward with things. Um, so that, that's a really good question. No, and, and like you said, I was amazed um, listening to that episode about the fact that this is a person that's doing good in the world. How could you possibly want to be in a position where you send a death threat? I mean, what does that say to you as a, the person that you are? And and I'm, I'm wondering if certainly within the last, you know, few years, the, 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 div, the divisiveness that's been introduced to the world and encouraged by leaders, etc., that's got to have an impact. People have to realise that their words, you know, are going to be taken literally um, and and acted upon, unfortunately. And that's that's a such a true statement, Danny. That is such a true statement. And leaders set the tone. They do set the tone for what is to come. And certainly the tone changes, but oftentimes uh, it will take years to reset a tone. And that's why these people that are on my show and and on your show and on other shows that are doing such good in the world and trying to, and, and, you know, you talked about leadership. Not all of the people that I have on the show consider themselves leaders. They're just out doing what they're doing and they don't think twice about it. And I think that's what also makes them special and, uh, uh, I don't want to say unique, but unique for a better word, but it is what makes them true to their self and true to the work they're doing. And there are some that are doing what they're doing to make money, but in a positive scheme of things, like uh, the bicycle glass men, the gentlemen out in Minnesota. And they have a company where they, they blow glass and that can be a very that can leave a very negative global footprint because of the the wear and tear on the earth and the pollution and so on with the shipping and whatnot but they use recycled glass so they're trying to cut that footprint and um turn it into more of an environmental uh positive, you know, doing something a little bit better, but we still need glass fixtures for our light bulbs. You know, we can't do without those or we would just, you know, be blinded. So their, their story is very interesting and they're, they are making money on what they're doing, but it's still positive. It is still inspiring and it's still doing something that is helping and helping to grow other people who want to have the same for our planet. It's, it's kind of like uh, the, there's a Canadian company called Spotify. Uh, not Spotify, that's not a Canadian company, Shopify. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> <laughs> I need my morning coffee, obviously. <laughs> um, so yeah, this was a Canadian company called uh, Shopify. Um, and obviously they're one of the biggest global e-commerce uh, companies. Mm-hmm. But they've just announced that 
every one of their vendors, Shopify will offset any carbon footprint that they need to ship the products out. So to your point, it's it's helping people do good and do what they want to do with their lives, you know, from an independence point of view and making sure the planet's not suffering because of it. So I think it's always, you mentioned unique, I think it's always um, the, the ones that do the stuff in the background that are the huge change makers because they're not out for glory or anything. They're just right, right. changing, making change, right? Right. And and that is so true. And there's been, I've had some incredible, uh, oh my gosh, I just have had such incredible people. And I'm thinking of some of the, the Aussies, some of the Australian <laughs> folks who are oceanographers, who are the, the uh, forefront folks with climate change and doing the research and providing the research for uh, our legislative uh, governments around the world. And I just think of the hard work they've been doing and the push they've had. And, and it, when I was talking to Kahika Shah, you know, she's 20 years old, and I told her, Kahika Shah, I so hope that it doesn't take a lifetime to make change because it seems like climate change and some of the other environmental laws that we want to have enacted worldwide are taking more than a lifetime. Mm. And it, I don't know. I learned so much and then I'm saddened by some things, but moving forward with others and these people, they give their whole life to this research and living on a boat and being away from their families for so long. Just great, great, greatness around the world. Hmm. And speaking of that, you'd mentioned that um, your podcast is often um validated for the work that you'd been doing previously because of the people you speak to and what's happening now and what you were doing in your previous you know, work. Um, and I know you'd mentioned that there was a trip to Lithuania. Oh, um, yes. Where you really discovered how powerful the women were making a, a, a positive, uh, you know, being a positive force uh, for the community with uh, providing education and food, etc. But you also mentioned that your, your life was changed by a visit to a hospital. Oh, there. yes. Can you share, you know, the, the the stories were obviously the women, but what was that what was that event that, that changed it for you? So when I was out there, I was out visiting schools and working with a an organization and visiting the people. This was right after the wall had fallen out there. So it was early on. It was uh, 95, so pretty and there was still a lot of uh, unsettled people there with, even though the wall had fallen and freedoms were becoming instilled back into them, there was unrest. But we went, two of us, just two of us, we went into a local hospital because we wanted to see what the hospital was like, what they were providing, because the women that we were talking to were pretty much the force, the full force of of life there because so many of the men had been removed from their communities to, I, I don't know, they don't know where they went, but they didn't come back after the, the wall fell. So I don't know what happened to those men, but we thought, let's go in and see what we can do, what there is available as far as our resources go. We, we didn't know what, we had no idea what to expect. And number one, we were told, you know, you shouldn't, go into the hospital because it will not be what you expect. So when the two of us walked into the hospital, there was just a, it was a single 
building, a single story. It wasn't two-story. And there were all these beds, and they just had these little curtains. And when we walked in, there was this lady who was screaming. And she saw the two of us come in, and the woman walked over, and she was carrying a, a, a child. She was two years old. It was a baby. It was two years old. And she handed the baby to me. And there was blood everywhere. And um, the it's not like the baby was dripping blood, but it, it obviously the baby either was in surgery or had an injury. I don't know. Well, I, I found out what it was, but I didn't know at that time. And the mother is screaming in her language at me. And the doctor comes running over and took the baby back from me. And he said this, you know, and obviously the baby had was dead. The baby had passed and the woman was upset. And so the doctor explained to me that she was telling me she recognized us to be from the West, the Western world. And she was screaming at us that it is because of the Western world that her baby is dead. And so I asked the doctor, I, I don't understand because the, the wall fell. I, I don't understand. And he said, it's Bosnia-Herzegovina. And he said, the Western world, and remember, this is in the 90s when the Western world didn't go in to help the people there. And, and so there was a lot of, of war time in that area. This woman came from a family of five. She had four kids and a husband. And the baby, the youngest one, was too young to journey with the husband and the rest of the siblings. So the mother stayed with the young one and was going to try to journey because they were refugees and they were trying to escape. And so she was going to stay as long as she could and try to figure out how they would get out. But the baby was injured and the baby was how they got that child from uh the South over into Lithuania, the doctor was explaining to me, and it didn't make any sense to me, but the lack of resources. So I don't know how long that child, uh, either on a helicopter or how the baby got up there uh, with all of the traveling that was taking place. But the woman was so upset over two things, the death of her baby and the fact that her husband, and remember, we didn't have cell phones back then, she had no way of contacting or finding her husband and the other kids. And she had no idea where they were. And she was just in this horrible place. Not, not the hospital, but in this horrible place in her life, losing her child and blaming it on the West and then not being able to contact her family. And that so changed my life was, number one, having this baby literally thrown into my arms who had passed and I wasn't expecting that and number two hearing the story from the doctor about this woman and what her life was like and so when I came back to the United States I was I was teaching I told the students this story and I said you know when you go to the grocery store simple things like putting the cart in its spot makes a difference for people who work at the store. Don't don't put that cart in the middle of the parking lot. I mean, that's just such a little simple thing for little children to know, but tell your parents, work with your parents, because this woman has lived through hell. 
And I never found out, and I never will know, if she ever found her husband again. Ever. And the doctor explained to me that there are, are Red Cross workers that really work at documenting where these families are going. So he had hope that she will find her family again. And that also gave me inspiration that, oh my gosh, these volunteers who are out there are documenting all this. And then later on when I did a show with um, All Hands and Hearts, who is a group that goes out to reunite families lost in hurricanes and and tornadoes and so on and to help build the the towns again. I that just brings back all those memories of that hospital visit and knowing that woman was dispersed. And the all hands and hearts, they do pretty much the same and they will help you re- reunite your family. Of course, we have cell phones today and computers and more technology. But that visit, I mean, I cried and I cried for so long. In fact, right after that, I went up and I tried to get a hold of my husband on the phone because I was just so, so emotional after that visit. And then finding out that um, that hospital, that country only had two ventilators. And here we're talking about ventilators today with COVID. That country had two ventilators for the entire country back then. Uh, it, It was just... So it made me come back and do more work with the students that I was working with and to write more letters to congressmen and to do more in Europe and to keep track of of those people that I met in Europe and help them any way I can. So, sorry, that, that was kind of a long story. No, but well, yeah. that's, that's incredible. It's, I can't even begin to imagine what that whole experience would have been like. I mean, I've got two young kids, 10 and 8-year-old, so I can only imagine you know, what that would feel like as a parent, but just as a human being. You know, that's, that's, that's incredible. And it's, I, I follow the work of uh, Doctors Without Borders a lot. Um, I, I, I did a charity thing like 10 years ago or something, um, and they were one of the, the recipients. Um, and their work's incredible. And, and they share, as you mentioned yourself, Catherine, how often we go in to help, but we actually make things worse because we don't have any backup for what's next after, say, we topple our regime or something like that. Right. That that's right. That's right. And I there are just so many things that that happen in our world and and you are correct and and certain decisions we make whether it be with people or with nature putting our hand and getting involved sometimes makes it worse and we don't know how to make it better. And uh I look back uh Chernobyl. You know, Chernobyl was was such a catastrophe. And one of the things that I did when I came back from Lithuania was, okay, I have to do something more. I have to do something more. So I joined an organization called Children of Chernobyl. And that organization was United States-based. I think it was actually United States and Canada-based, where we were bringing children from Chernobyl over to the States in Canada to have them x-rayed and checked for cancer so that we could help them and do something with the resources that we have available to us. And so we had a student come from Chernobyl that we sponsored, and he was here, Alosha Q. 
cute little boy. And of course, he's not a boy today. And uh, he was cancer-free, and he was so happy. His brother was not. His brother was in a wheelchair due to his due to the injuries. He was at school, his brother, and so he had injuries uh, from the the radiation and everything, and he caused him to be in a wheelchair and other issues, cancer, and I'm sure he's no longer with us today. But that experience in Lithuania made me realize I have to do more than just what I'm doing. And it doesn't have to be only in my community because my community is worldwide. We are citizens of the world. And that comes from Michael Pereira, one of the guests I had. He was so clear on sending that message to the listeners that we are no longer citizens of our own community. We are citizens of the world. And now look, we have COVID. Yes, we are citizens of the world. So anyway, children of Chernobyl. And when I was out in Lithuania, I wanted to go to Belarus to go visit Alosha, Alexei, but the the uh, people the people who do the visa over there, however it works, they said if you come here first before you go to Lithuania, then you may. But otherwise, we're not going to give you a visa to come to Belarus. And well, my schedule didn't allow for that, and so they said then you can't come. And so I didn't get a visa to go into Belarus, and I just wanted to go see Alexei. But things were still very unsettled. Mm. And, and and that part that part by Michael that mentioned that we are global citizens now. You mentioned COVID, uh, and I, I have to laugh when I see some of the um, the skeptics and the conspiracy theorists saying, well, it's all a, a, a fake disease to, con- to have the government control us, etc. I mean, how else would we get this vaccine so quickly in steady 10 years? And But then you think, well, we've never had really an issue like this where we've had to have the global science community work together right, to combat right. this. So, of course, it's going to be fast. And yes, there's going to be risks and dangers, but just because something's coming together fast doesn't mean it's false. It's just we've never really had the the need to get so many scientists from all parts of the world working on one single problem. And and you know, it, it, yes, and no, because when you look at who, so I had someone on the show with who, and he worked. He's an American, and he's living in in Switzerland, closer. Well, that's where his where who is, but he was working with researchers and. Um, gynecologists and uh, midwives all around the world, which is exciting because you're learning not just what the uh, science is, but also what the different cultures are doing. And granted, most of the research was coming from the Western states. So yes, you, you, you would be correct that a lot of these countries who haven't been involved in the research uh, before are involved now. So yes, Danny, I get what you're saying, and, and absolutely true, and um, and it's it is exciting, and maybe you know maybe that will bring less. I'm going to say it in a more positive way. Maybe that will bring more of a uh, uh, of a larger table to come together with our leaders to build more uh, to build a better and a more lasting political relationship with a little bit more in mind with the people involved. Mm, that, and I know a lot of people are talking about the, the opportunity for the Great Reset. And I think, as you mentioned, Catherine, th- this is an opportunity. It's a tragic opportunity. Um, yes. And 
too many people have died that didn't need to die. But uh, hopefully we can take that and learn from that. And as you mentioned, make sure we learn from it and put it in a place uh, to be a more global you know, network, if you like. You know, and yes, and this is something that you asked me you know, earlier about what inspires me or what really adds so much to me doing the show. And so I want to bring up Espen. He's from Norway. He's a nurse. When COVID hit and it was at its, well, of course, we're at our second peak, but when it hit and people didn't know what was going on, I knew he was a nurse at an emergency room and I reached out to him. And then, and we'd have been talking, you know, because we'd become friends with he and his girlfriend and and Bernie, this other fellow in in, uh, Norway. But I reached out to him because I knew he was at the emergency room. And, you know, it just made him feel so good to know that somebody outside of Norway was was looking in and, and checking in because it was emotional for our healthcare workers. It was scary for healthcare workers. It still is. And Espen and I had you know, com- several conversations. And then I reached out to a couple of other people, one in Africa and one in Australia, and kept up my communication with, with these folks because they need it. And I think that that is one of the gifts that I can provide, or maybe not a gift, but one of the things that I can do to give back is, you know what, we're here for each other like you say, and this is an opportunity, an opportunity none of us wanted. None of us wanted this, but we have to take it and we have to make good with it instead of being a naysayer and instead of being negative about the whole thing. Just make good out of it the best that we can, the best that we can. Your your show is now, um, and it's third year now, I think it launched in 2018. It was summer 2018 it launched? No, that was when I started... Um, the website and started working with Mark, I actually put the trailer out at Christmas in December of 2018, but my launch was actually January 2019 with my first guest. My first guest being Mary Shields, the (laughs) first woman to enter the Iditarod. And we had so much fun. And then uh, it just went from there. It was, yeah. (laughs) So what are your goals with the show now entering your, oh, I guess it's two, almost two years old now, sorry. <laughs> it's almost two years entering your third year. What are your goals for the show, either with the, the, the format or the guests or growing it or scaling or taking it offline to, to you know, share what you're learning off, online to the offline community? What, what's your plans for it? So what I'm working on right now as we speak, I had to go to every other week with a brand new guest, but keeping to my every Monday I launch. So I launch on Mondays, yourpositiveimprint.com and all of the podcast platforms. But on that alternate week, I'm doing either a re-edited of someone I had on the show or a um, conversation or just a, you know, a commentary because I'm doing the logistics for t-shirts, but also I want to do a live uh, show, and I'm working on the logistics on this, where I have guests that I've had around the world, where I'll have three of them on or four of them uh, during a series, where the listeners can ask them questions about culture, about 
maybe COVID. How are, what do you do for COVID out there about, you know, how you grew up or, or the struggles you had that you mentioned on the show? Um, you know, elaborate on it, etc. So I've already talked to some of the folks that I've had on the show. And yes, they would like to do that. And now it's just working on logistics, which I might just ask you when we're done here, <laughs> some of the logistics on doing live, because I, I need it to be where the listeners can see them, not just hear them, but to see them. And where listeners can, can um, not just do the chat box, but somehow get them involved. Because getting to know each other around the world and each other's cultures and seeing that, oh my gosh, this person in Nigeria is doing the same type of thing that I've been working on all these years. Uh, so that's what, I, what I'm working on now. And that's, that's a big, big undertaking. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of logistics and, of course, new pieces of technology that I have to uh, purchase. So I'm so excited about it, though, because the guests that I talked to, the former guests I talked to, who that I asked them, they are they're very excited about it, and um, it just I don't know I'm just I get really excited <laughs> about it because there's just such amazing amazing friends I've met through this podcast around the world and and uh, yeah. And it would just be like a sort of uh, round table, like a live round table with three or four guests on at the same time and you sort of bounce right. back with. And would it be sort of then, would you sort of be looking for people that have a sort of interconnected story because of either their industry, their jobs, the work they're doing, or would it be disparate people with different stories to, to get a wider? So, no, it would be the d different stories because the listeners are used to the very broad... Uh, so I, I kind of want to keep to that platform, uh, and I have listeners, you know, all over the world. So I want to be sure that I have guests, you know, from different parts of the world each time we do this. And that doesn't mean that the person from Australia, that all the Australian listeners are going to just ask questions mm -hmm. of the Australians. They're going to want to know about, you know, the rest of the people in the world. And it's just, I think that it's just something hopeful that I have to bring to the listeners and to more listeners and new listeners, the the coming together of of nations, if you will, but really it's the coming together of citizens of the world, and that's how I, I view it. And, and I love Michael Pereira for saying that on the podcast because I I use that often. That, that's I'm looking forward to that because that sounds like a really cool live event, almost like a, it's almost like a mini podfest um, kind of, you know, where you'll have the audience and then up on stage you've got the, yeah. the interviewer and the interviewees. So, you know, I'll be looking out for that coming live for sure. Yes, I will too. <laughs> so it, it's going to, yeah, it's, it's just taking a little bit, uh, a lot of time and a lot of research. Hmm. So. Now, as someone that's, uh, that's had this podcast journey um, from obviously the ideation um, and then the, the implementation, etc., what would be maybe your advice to a new podcaster, someone that wants to do something similar to yourself, for example, and interview people that they're inspired by or, or just really come into the podcasting community? Oh, my advice hasn't changed. My advice from the beginning has always been, you must be true to yourself and be passionate about what it is you're doing. Do not do something that you think will 
it's going to give you a name or make money. No, you need to stay true to yourself. Uh, and that, that goal, keep that dream. Uh, and that's important. There's, you know, we, as you know, there's over a million podcasts <laughs> now. And when you listen to some of the podcasts, at least when I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and some of them, you hear the, the, a host and they're not it doesn't sound like they're being true to themselves it sounds like they're trying to be what they want the listeners to be and the listeners don't want that they want gen they want authenticity and i and i know i bring that to the show i know that i do because the guests are authentic and i'm authentic and um yeah so the advice to start a podcast and the other advice technology wise don't spend money <laughs> you don't need to spend money on these elaborate mics because the mics actually you know the things that i have that you know that we see at podcast movement they're not elaborate prices you know you can get a really good mic 99 dollars, and and so you don't have to spend 500 600 dollars no, I, I love the fact that you mentioned the the authenticity because I think to your your point, the passion you can tell if someone's not into what they're mm-hmm. doing, and they might see it as a quick side yeah. gig for you know, oh, I can get advertisers or sponsors, or whatever, and that's the only reason they start a show. And and it, it it's like you say, it shows. You know, it's uh, I, I love the fact that you mentioned authenticity. You know, both for the guests as well. Yeah. Now, obviously, you've had a lot of inspiring people. A in your personal life, and B on your show, and and you've gotten to know them. Who would you say is your all-time hero or heroes, and and why? Oh, uh, my husband, and so this would be off the podcast uh, guest list, of <laughs> course, because the most inspiring for me have been my husband and uh, my parents and and my family, really, because they're the ones that are your ultimate supporters and the ultimate loves of your life so uh, no matter what happens you know my husband is there every step of the way holding my hand loving me and and um and my parents and and then of course the siblings so yeah i guess in, in a sense that's you know a family cliche if you want to call it that because everyone everyone says that but everyone says that because it's the truth you know if if you don't have that support there of your family unit then it it's really uh, i i feel badly for people who don't have the support of their family unit because and it's sad that they don't so truly truly Mine is there, and, and and definitely my dog, <laughs> my little maca dog. But um, I think, as far as the guests go, I would have to say that the ones that are the most inspiring and most uh, supportive for me are the ones that continue to keep in touch with me, and mm. that makes a true difference for me because it wasn't just I had you on the show and now they're off in the sunset doing their thing. I actually hear from, and it's not like I need to hear from them every day, but I hear from them every once in a while. And that makes a difference for me. And, and you mentioned, obviously, your, your father unfortunately passed, you know, um, yeah. before the show was launched, but it was a big driving, you know, force with the, the, the ideas and the direction. What, what do you think your dad would have made of it um, had he got to listen to the show? 
my dad would have been on the phone every day telling me, I listened to it, I loved it. And he would have been telling me, this person, do you remember when we did this in the wilderness and I mentioned this to you? Well, this is exactly what I was teaching you. And, and uh, so dad was a philosopher and he taught me about life using the constellations. And so I learned, and North, South, East, and West, he was a navigator in, in the Air Force. And so I learned about life literally from stories that he told, and he used a lot of visuals because I'm a visual learner. Uh, my mom is very logical, and, and uh, it's more difficult for me to learn from uh, or to understand the logic uh, when you're growing up, but dad taught me through stories. So these stories that people tell are very visual and I learn from them. And that reminds me of my dad every day. So dad would, I know dad is, is thrilled and he, he's listening to the stories now. And I, what I do wish is that I would have been able to have him on the show because he's one of the best teachers I've ever had in my entire life because he did understand how I need to learn about life. And that was through visual and also through writing. My dad and I share poetry and stories together, and we wrote poetry together through the years. And I so miss that and enjoy that. So that's something that I have done on the show was I have shared some of that poetry. And dad would you know, and I've written poems, poems for dad and dad would be very touched, but he would be, and he is, he is so proud that I have taken everything that he taught me and have turned it into a worldwide lesson for everybody because dad is like that too. He, what, he wasn't just there for us. He was there for the community and he, uh, he, was not just one that made out a check and sent it to people. He said, kids, we're going to go to wherever these places were to help these children, to help these elderly, to help uh, the unfortunate, to help build wheelchair ramps at their house because now they're in a wheelchair and they have no ramp, but they can't afford to put in themselves. So we saw dad do all of, all of that. And that, of course, made me the person I am today. And because of that, I want to continue dad's work. And that's truly what I am doing, is, is continuing his work. That's incredible. You can, I can tell when I listen to the shows, like I said, the episodes I listen to, I, I can tell that connection you have with your guests, but also because of your personal you know, background and what's you know, gone on in your own life, that you're genuinely doing this because of what you just shared now. That's that's it's cool, cool, cool. Such a cliched word. I apologize for using that. Yeah. It's, it's cool to find out where that came from and how much an impact. Obviously, you know your family is on the show and, and your life. Obviously, yes. And and I'm I value oh I value that tremendously and miss it tremendously. Yeah. Hmm. Have I'm sitting here staring at a picture of my dad right there. He's it's here with me every day. <laughs> You've been a co-host on the show almost. Yes, absolutely. And and uh, and my mom, wow, does she ever support the show? And of course, my whole family and, and my friends, but yeah. But to answer your question, that was a long answer to uh, 
No, no, speaking of the show, I mean, I've, I've had an absolute blast today. And again, that's a totally undescriptive word for our conversation that we've just had. Uh, and I really enjoyed, you know, learning more about yourself and your guests and, and how their stories have impacted your life. For people that want to check out your show and catch up on the episodes that have already been, you know, published, where's the best place to A, find your podcast and B, connect with you online? Well, they can connect with me online at yourpositiveimprint.com. And you can, uh, from there, you can uh, sign up for email updates, which are actually, uh, they're the newsletters. You learn more about the guests, some things that I don't have on the podcast. So there's some interesting little pieces about guests. And so they can sign up on my website. And then, of course, any podcast platform, uh, or most anyway, um, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Spotify, recently, uh, Amazon Music, and any of them, Stitcher, all of them. So it, it's just been a, a an honor, truly, to have these guests on my show to share with the world and all of the listeners who are enjoying the guests. So I really thank the listeners for sending me the emails and enjoying the people that that I have on the show. And so, and again, your positive imprint. What's your mm. PI? And I'll be sure to drop the, all the links to your, your website, the show, um, and how to connect with you online in the show notes. So if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, make sure to check the show notes as usual and, you know, go over and check Catherine out. Yeah. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram. And so you can see pictures of of the guests, not just from the website, but on Facebook and Instagram, your positive imprint. And I do a little bit with Twitter, what's your PI, but you know, there's not a lot of pictures there. People want to see pictures. They mm. want to, they want to see what the people look like. And I'll make sure to link out to that, especially Instagram. I really, I didn't get into Instagram early on, but now I'm really enjoying it. So I'll make sure to link over to that. Yeah. And are you doing a YouTube? Do you do YouTube? I just started doing YouTube. I, I, I starting. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'm not at the moment. I may. Uh, like we're using Squadcast at the moment for our, our conversation, for example, and they're releasing a video recording suite later this uh, next month, I believe, uh, in December. So we'll see what that's like. I may do maybe an offshoot of the podcast with reduced timing or something, but we'll see. I know a lot of podcasters are, are obviously doing YouTube, so we'll see. Yeah. So I have the YouTube channel, Your Positive Imprint. <laughs> but, but I love, I do love my tagline. No, and, and it speaks to the show. It's easy to remember, uh, and it, it definitely speaks to the show. So I think if, if anybody needs to find it, t- you know, type in your positive imprint on a podcast app, should pop straight up. Yeah. Awesome. Danny, thank you. Thank you. You've no, been thank, a delight. <laughs> thanks for appearing. And I've really, as I said, I've really enjoyed our, our, our chat today. And I'm looking forward to catching up on even more episodes. I know you've got a nice back catalogue for me to just plug my headphones in when I'm sort of, you know, sitting or going on the treadmill or whatever, or going for a walk, getting outside, going back to Michael's point, getting outside. And, or not Michael, you're, um, who's the, uh, the, the, the person over in Norway that mentioned to get outside? Oh, Espen. Nurse? Espen, that's right. Espen, Espen. Yeah, so get outside. We moved to like a beautiful little uh, village in the north of Ontario and it's surrounded by lakes and trees and everything. So we'll be doing a lot of trailing and stuff. Good for you. And, and it, I, yeah, and the podcast is, my guests are infinite. So, uh, because there's an infinite world out there of, of people doing positive things. Okay, so thank you, Catherine, for appearing on the show today. Uh, I'm really looking forward to our listeners you know, finding out more about you because I know there'll be a lot to take away from A, your story and the stories of your guests. Well, Danny, thank you so much. I really enjoyed sharing 
your positive imprint. <laughs> okay, so this has been another episode of Podcaster Stories. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, be sure to share it with anybody you feel may you know take value and enjoy it as well. And you can find it on your favorite podcast apps like Google Podcasts, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or just head on over to podcasterstories.com and sign up for the newsletter for some more exclusive content. Until the next time, take care and stay safe.